Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. talk too much. You go for my integrity and call me inauthentic and call me a bully, which you've apologized apologize. for. So apologize. we're going to put that aside and we're really going to put it aside. Great. I'm not nice. one to bring it back up again. Really? Right? That's Thank nice. Rena, That's stop. Great. We'll get to it. Like, hold on, girl. Garcelle, hold on. I'll do whatever I want. Don't you tell me to do anything. Okay? Thanks. I Don't. can say anything I want you go. to say. So can, I. so can all of us. <laughs> We all can. Okay. Don't you tell me to do a thing. (laughs) So can all of us. So can we all. Hello, everyone. (laughs) Welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. That was a clip from part one of the four-part Real Housewives of Beverly Hills reunion. You guys, I thought it was thrilling. I thought it was excellent. I have the chills. I just watching it. I know this part. I mean, we didn't get into too much of the juicy details, and I hate that they left us on that cliffhanger where Andy's like asked Erica Jane something about Tommy Two Tones, and then asked if she was faithful, and then she didn't even answer. And they said coming up next week, and I thought, really, you guys? I was so fucking pissed. I was so mad. Uh, but we're going to talk about the Real House of Beverly Hills reunion. We're going to talk about Vanderpump Rules. There was a James Raquel proposal at Rochella or whatever they were calling it. So we're going to we're gonna mention it all, as they say. I want to start with Beverly Hills. Obviously, that's what we're all talking about, right? The buzz is in Beverly Hills, and I think we're all on the edge of our seats waiting for this reunion. And they did the reunion in what looks like Kathy's backyard, although they were playing fast and loose with the rules of design, because I don't know that it looked exactly like... I felt like they were sort of trying to bamboozle Kathy in a way. Did you guys feel that way, too? Because to me, when they showed the side-by-side... Or when they showed like the inspiration for the set, I was like, it doesn't look exact. It doesn't look much like Kathy's backyard. Like I don't even live there. Uh, maybe if you did live there, it'd, it'd look more like your backyard or the front yard. I, I guess was it the backyard front? Yard? I don't know, but I didn't think it looked like so much like Kathy's house that she'd walk onto set and all of a sudden feel like she was walking into the Twilight Zone or something. And they were all like, "Ooh, we can't wait till Kathy walks out here. What do you think Kathy's going to say when she walks out on the set? And it was like, I don't know. What do you think she's going to say? It doesn't even look like anything. But I appreciate it. I appreciate that it was an all an homage to our dear Kathy Hilton, who we, of course, love. She was everything to me. And I was worried that they weren't going to have Kathy out for the whole reunion. But it looks like she came in about, I don't know, what was it, halfway or something of this episode. Hopefully she's on the rest of them, because I don't want to say goodbye to our dear Kathy. Because uh, I love her. We also got a Halloween commercial in the middle of the reunion. <laughs> when I saw that, I said to myself, you guys know what I said. You know what I'm about to say. You know what I said when I saw that random Michael Miles appearance in the middle of the Real House Beverly Hills reunion? I said, well, what the fuck? No, I, I don't know exactly. That must have been paid, right? Like, we know the Halloween Kills is being produced by Universal, which is NBC Universal. We know they're all in cahoots with each other, which is a, a great thing for the Peacock, for Cal, the Splits Richards, for all of them. Because it's all under one umbrella. 
But I wonder about the mechanics of that, because they said Kathy, like, surprised Kyle with the Michael Myers appearance. And I don't know that that was really Kathy. I sort of feel like that was producers being like, oh, we got to put in a Halloween commercial in the middle of this, because Halloween reaches Peacock on uh, this Friday. It's also in theaters. And you guys, I saw it. I don't know if you guys listened to my interview with Kyle the Splits Richards, but I thought it was a great chat. And honestly, honest to hand to God, Kyle, without giving any spoilers away, was my favorite part of the whole movie. So there you go. I know the Kyle haters aren't going to want to hear that, but you guys will see the movie and see for yourselves. And the reviews aren't great, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the movie. Um, and, but the, by the way, this is not paid in the same way that Michael Myers appeared in the reunion. This uh, promo is not paid for. I'm just telling you my thoughts. But I couldn't believe it because we've seen in the history of Housewives, of course, seen. Remember when uh, I think Shannon Storms Bador or someone did like a Terminator trailer where they like inserted Shannon into the Terminator movie? <laughs> that was one of the weirdest ones. And then, of course, we had on The Real Houses in New York when there was a commercial in the middle of the episode where Dorinda uh, Richards, a balloon medley, and Sonia Tremont Morgan, they went to see the Anne Hathaway movie with Rebel Wilson. And then suddenly they decided to do a whole scene where they give their review. So this is not new. Of course, there's different levels of this inserted promotion, and they got to do what they got to do, right? To keep the lights on over there. They got to do the product placement. We all get that. That's part of the thing. You know, sometimes on this show, you guys reach out to me and say, you got commercials. And it's like, yeah, no shit, because we got to keep the lights on in my house. So we understand that this is how the business works. They can't give us all this entertainment and then not have any ads, right? That's the thing. So I get it. But obviously, there's levels. So sometimes we have the commercials that are in actual commercial land. And then other times, we just have Michael Myers appearing in the middle of the Real Houses Beverly Hills reunion. And that's what this was. And to be honest, I don't even, I didn't not like it. I liked it. It was weird and inappropriate. And I sort of love that about it. I wish, though. I know Michael Myers doesn't really talk in those movies, but I wish he would have just given us like a goodbye, Kyle. Goodbye, Kyle. You know, like, I was hoping Michael Myers or Jamie Lee Curtis or Judy Greer. Ooh, speaking of Judy Greer, who I love. You know, I love me some Judy Greer. But a lot of you had pointed out Kyle the Splits Richards in her reunion look. She's got that haircut with, like, kind of different, like, beaded stuff in it. A lot of you pointed out that it looks like Jennifer Garner in the movie 13 Going on 30 when she's playing a 13-year-old who wakes up and is a 30-year-old. A classic cinema, if you ask me. One of the greatest movies of all time. I love it. Mark Ruffalo has never been hotter, except for all the other movies he's done, because he's a hot man. Uh, but that haircut that Kyle the Splits Richards got on the reunion looks just like Jennifer Garner in 13 Going on 30. And that leads me to believe, I'm going to choose to believe that Kyle and Judy Greer on the set of Halloween Kills were watching 13 Going on 30. And at one point, I think they were talking about the haircut, and then Kyle was like, I'm going to do that for the reunion. And Judy was like, yeah, do it. <laughs> and I think that's how the haircut came about. I don't know. I'm not an expert, but that's what I'm choosing to believe happened because that hair, there's no other, there's no other reason for it. And honestly, when I, as soon as people reached out to me, I think it was after last week's show and showed me the side by side of Jennifer Garner and Kyle the Splits. And I saw the side by side and it all clicked for me. And then suddenly I love the haircut. So I think it was actually the right choice. People were hating on the haircut. I myself was hating on the haircut. And last week and the week before, whatever. Now I love it. So that also goes to show you, you know, we change in an instant on these people. Sometimes I love them. Sometimes I hate them. Sometimes next week I might feel completely different. As it stands, though, this week I was getting really frustrated with Dorit, who I feel like Dorit is making a mountain out of a molehill. Or what did Ramona say? A mountain, mod, a mountain out of a whole mill or whatever she said. I sort of felt like that's what Dorit's doing with the Garcelle thing. But again, I also want Garcelle to just say, shut the fuck up. 
And I, I, I feel like Garcelle is so restrained and classier than that, and I applaud her for it. But Dorit is just dragging this thing out. And then, of course, it's taking her forever to get to the point. I'm so excited for Andy to yawn in the middle of her sentence because it really does take her a while to get something out. really does. So let's start from the beginning, you guys. It opens this whole thing with that trailer that we've seen, that brilliant, beautiful Bravo trailer, which I think is, again, one of the greatest reunion trailers, one of the greatest trailers I think Bravo's ever done in their history. Now, in that trailer, I know we discussed, there's a sit-down between Rinna and Erica and after seeing part one of the reunion, I don't understand the logistics of it because it said like two weeks before the reunion. Well, I, I didn't see that scene play out. Was that just for the trailer? Like I, I, and again, I don't, Rinna's hair is kind of off. Her hair normally looks so perfect. It looks so good all the time. And that one little scene, that pickup scene in Erica's contouring, Bamboozle Jane looks like she needs someone to come in and contour the face. Uh, so I don't really quite understand the logistics of why they filmed that, when they filmed that. And then are we ever going to see more of it? Or is that the end of that one little scene? Because it didn't appear in the season. It just appeared in this trailer. So I don't get it. I don't get it. But Erica's like, there's going to be winners and losers. And then Rena's like, that's life, baby. <laughs> and they're sort, of narrating, <laughs> they're sort of narrating this wonderful trailer. And I love it. I love it. And then all the women, they get to this reunion. Kath gets there at 11. All the other women have to be there early. And it's 11 years with Kyle and Andy together. And those two have a good rapport. I don't care. I love their rapport together. I love that Kyle, her whole thing, when she sits down for union stage, she knows she's just got to give a lot of looks. She's got to give a lot of looks to the camera. She gives them all sorts of reaction shots to choose from. That's a pro. That's a pro. Sometimes I don't even think she's reacting to what the, is actually going on on the stage. I think Kyle in her head is like, Oh, I gotta give him surprised. I gotta give him shocked. I gotta give him angry. Gotta give him sad. And so while the other women are talking, I think she just looks right into the camera, sees whatever the light is on, what camera has the light on, and she just gives him a reaction. I don't even think she's paying a lick of attention to what else is going on around her. She's giving him a look so that they can cut to her. And then she does that all the time. She looks at Andy, like she bites her nails and looks at Andy. And I love when they do that. I, they've been doing it for 11 years and I don't get tired of it. Every single time, those two have a good rapport, and I'm into it. I just, it's 11, I can't believe she's been with us 11 years. And you guys, I, when I interviewed her, those of you who listened to the interview, I asked her about Bamboozle Jane, and she just kept on rolling with the question. I said, what do you think about Bamboozle Jane doing this? She didn't even question Bamboozle Jane. She didn't, the nickname Bamboozle Jane did not, she did not even question. I said, what do you think of Bamboozle Jane doing this? And she just answered it correctly. And I even called her Kyle the Splits Richards, and she went ahead with it. And so I like a housewife that's got a, a little sense of humor about things and is not taking it too seriously. Although we should take the situation with, you know, Tommy Tutons and Bamboozle Jane seriously. I'm not saying that. Okay, don't get it twisted. Uh, okay, so then Andy goes to everyone's trailer. You know, that's a housewife's staple. Uh, and then they all get to the stage. Rinna needs hand makeup. I need hand makeup! And then... <laughs> Like, I don't, I didn't, I mean, I guess I sort of, I knew they did leg makeup, but I'd never heard of hand makeup. I, have you guys sort of, I don't know if you guys have seen Paris Hilton, who's of course connected to the Real Houses universe via uh, her mother, Kathy, and her aunts. She has been wearing a lot of the gloves lately. And now I'm noticing Kim Kardashian is wearing the full bodysuit that covers the hands. It's like, we're all wearing, covering the hands now. It's like a 2021 Going into 2022, are we all, are we done with hands? Like, are we, co- now we got makeup on the hands, we got gloves on, we got, like, what's next? Are we covering, are we done with hands? 
Uh, anyway, Rena asked Andy, like, where am I supposed to sit? And he's like, seat yourselves. And that made me laugh. That really made me laugh. But then uh, the couches are back. So lately on the reunions, we've had all the women sitting like 25 feet apart. And now we got them all sit on this couch. And it looks very uncomfortable to me. But I think that's purposeful. And I applaud them for doing that because I think they keep them in a bit of an un- uncomfortable position. Because I have a problem actually with those big ass chairs like they were doing previously for these COVID reunions. Because I think people get too comfortable in them, which I would too. I would sink into the chair or sink into the couch. You know, you have the whole thing to yourself. I'd sink back into it. I'd relax. But now these producers, they're so smart. They know everything. They know it all. So they have them all on these uh, couches where they got to sit side by side so fucking close to each other. And they can't sit back. They can't even lean back because there's not enough room for them to lean back. So they got to be on their toes. And that's smart. That's good producing. It's good producing. So then they talk about getting some of the stuff for the clubhouse. So somebody uh, suggests Crystal's pants for the clubhouse, and then Kyle suggests Sutton's boot. And Kyle, you need to cool it. We all need to cool it, to be honest with you. I mean, I'm sure on everything iconic, I've gotten behind this microphone and said, we should put that in the clubhouse. We should put that in the clubhouse. And we need to be more selective. We need to just think about it. Because Andy's clubhouse, to me, that needs to be the best of the best. And it has been up until now, but... You know, I don't want just anything sitting alongside Tamara Barney's old breast. You know, there's uh, there's a hierarchy to these things. And so we can't just throw anything in there willy-nilly, okay? We got to be selective. Now, Crystal's leather pants, maybe. I'm not sure, though. I don't think we need the leather pants. I mean, that is an exclusive clubhouse of goods. And I don't just want anything in there. I want the good goods. I want uh, something special next to Tamara's tit, okay? That's... Uh, Somebody's got to say it. Somebody's got to say it. They're just throwing everything in there, and we can't have it. Uh, so we talk about their looks. Dorit's wearing her ready-to-wear. She says uh, it's ready-to-wear. Rena, <laughs> Rena's wearing uh, which, a look she calls Priscilla. Actually, that was Garcelle's name. And then um, Erica says she's. that's what we're all interested in, right? The Erica Jane of it all. We all want to know what she's going to say, what she's going to answer. She says she's happy to address things to the viewer, but she can't answer everything. Then she says she has empathy and sympathy for victims, and she wants people to hear that. And that was obviously a pre-written line to her, uh, by her lawyers to say, but I was glad that she finally said it. And then she says she was disappointed and angry and sad watching the other women come and all that was going on. And look, I'm very thrilled that Erica's going to answer all this stuff, and I know we're going to get to the social media of it all, but that to me, I think, is the thing going into the reunion that I most compelled about that's what i want to know the most about is like how she can go and act so cold and icy and everything on social media and she's been so braggadocious about this being a four-part reunion because of her and like all this stuff and so i just want to see if she has any remorse in terms of like the social media presence but i don't think she does because she said things after this reunion was filmed And so, yes, I'm glad she has empathy and sympathy for these victims. But if she really did have empathy and sympathy for these victims, would she be crying and comparing herself to Christ? Because I don't know if you guys have seen. That's kind of the things that's going on. So I don't know. She's, of course, got to answer to her crimes. If there were any. But I also want her to answer to the social media presence. And I want to know. I want to know where we all go from here. So we're going to get answers, maybe. We'll see, TBD. Uh, but let's see. Then uh, we talk about how, oh, the women reaching out to lawyers. So Crystal talked to an attorney. She says, look, I'm new to the show. I talked to a bunch of attorneys. Good for her. 
And then uh, Sutton says she consulted not her lawyer, but another lawyer. And then Kyle says she checked it in, uh, checked in with Faye's husband. And again, I say we need to bring Faye back. I bet Faye would have some good opinions on this stuff. And I actually believe, I don't, I could be wrong. I could be reading this whole thing wrong, but I think Faye would come in and be against Erica Jane. I think Faye, and I feel like that'd be a good, uh, not to say, I just feel like that'd be a good balance because right now, sometimes it feels like they're all upper ass, you know, except for Sutton and Garcella. But and so it might be a good balance. I, I, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they've checked in with Faye, and Faye would be totally team Erica. I don't know. Uh, but the lawyers did advise Erica to leave the show, but she said no because she's innocent. She's not going to leave. She's doesn't not going to run. She's not going to give up her contract. She said she's going to show up. That's what she does. And she it's revealed she has not been charged with a crime at least in the terms of filming this reunion. I don't know what's happened since. I don't know what's happened since. Oh, did you love how they brought up the LA Times article? And then even Kyle, again, said something about how it was too long to read. Oh, when they were talking about the lawyers, Kyle's like, yeah, I had to ha- ask for advice because that article was just too long. It's just too long, Andy. I had to ask. I had to get my lawyer because that article's too long. I mean, these women, you guys, and they all have books. Kyle's got a book out, okay? I just need us to all realize how insane it is that authors can't read an article okay i it's really it's really frustrating as an author myself to see these women who have really high selling books and god bless good for them uh but when they present themselves as authors and then we see them on screen another season saying that they can't read a three page article or the fuck it wasn't LA times it's like ladies come on Come on, ladies, am I right? We need them to read the article. It's not too long, and it seemed like an important article that you could have all read. And by the way, if you have a book out, and Garcelle just announced her memoir. And so I'm hopeful that going forward, Garcelle can say, yeah, I read the article because I'm an author. You know, I just, I think those two should go hand in hand. You should be at least able to read a five-page article or upwards of 10 pages even. And also, if you're going to write a book, right? Like, those two things should be one and the same, I believe, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Now then, we have the Sutton package. She was very hormonal. She had the the face uh, roller and all that. And then Rinna, she shaded Sutton's business. So then we get into that stuff. So Rinna, when she was on Watch What Happens Live, dressed like the Riddler, she shaded Sutton's business, said it wasn't a business. And Sutton's like, yeah, it was a business. That's my business. It's my store, Sutton. And then the whole time this is going on, Erica's making stank faces at Sutton. So, you know, Erica Jane is like ready to pounce on Sutton. And I'm excited to see that whole thing go down, but we don't really get into it yet. Now, we also hear that Sutton almost burned down Kyle's goddamn house. So, you know, she was staying in that house. She lit a fire, almost burned down the whole goddamn house. And so that was an interesting development. And Kyle kind of said it like, oh, I know it was an accident, like, but, you know, you need to pay for it or whatever. And it was, it was clear to me that it was like some tension under there, but they were all laughing about it. But I think they were upset about it, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Then uh, we cut to Andy asking Eric if she's dating. So they're really sprinkling through Erica's stuff. I think this was also very well produced because they knew they couldn't leave all the Erica stuff until just one part of the reunion. So they really are doing this thing where they're sprinkling it through. Because now we have Andy asking Erica if she's dating. She says, yeah, I'm looking for some big dick and some hot sex. Uh, who among us? Who among us? Ladies, am I right? I mean, that's the the goal. The, the whole thing. That's the life goal for all of us. So we can't really fault Erica. Plenty of things to fault her for. But uh, looking for big dick and hot sex isn't one of them. Ladies, am I right? We just can't fault her for that. I'm sorry. 
Sutton, meanwhile, is single too. Now, her boyfriend broke up with her on Valentine's weekend. And the reason was he just can't. He just can't. And I don't like that. I don't know who this man is. I know we've seen him a time or two in the real house Beverly Hills. But if he's listening to this podcast, which I'm sure he's not, I would just like to say that's inappropriate to break up with someone on Valentine's Day. Do it the weekend before, the week after, something. You don't do it on Valentine's weekend, mister. I can't even remember your name. But mister, you better stop. You better stop. Going forward, if you're in another relationship, you need to cool it. You need to pick a weekend before or after a holiday. Because you just don't do I mean, Valentine's Day weekend, Sutton, I'm sure she needed an extra face roller for that weekend. Because I would be nuts. If Matt broke up with me on Valentine's weekend, I'd get fucking nuts. I'd have all the face rollers out the wazoo on my face, rolling up my face. Because it would be too much stress for me to deal with on a romantic holiday weekend. Any holiday would be bad, but I feel at Valentine's Day, I'd be really bad on Christmas. New Year's Eve would be a terrible... Don't break up with me on New Year's Eve. Even at Matt's doesn't... My boyfriend doesn't listen to this podcast, but if he is, by some chance, just say goodbye to me. Goodbye, Kyle. Say goodbye. Say goodbye, Danny, on a non-holiday. Or at least pick, like, I don't know, July 4th, Arbor Day, one of those ones. Don't pick... Uh, New Year's Eve or one of those date holidays because I will be a fucking mess. And I'm happy if you want to do it the weekend before, that's great. Fine. Just don't do it on the week of because it's not okay. It's not okay with me. Then uh, we have Garcelle's package. Now, this is when Dorit keeps saying that Garcelle can be passively provocative, which is just like a term she looked up or something. It reminds me of Kelly Bensimone saying systematic bullying in the Real House of New York reunion. It's like she just keeps saying, well, she was passively provocative. And I was like, no, I've never heard of that before, Dorit. And uh, they, she just keeps saying it. She says she does it to be relevant. And then Garcelle, she wants apology from Dorit for saying the word bully. Now, this word bully, you guys, we've, uh, we need to talk about this for at least, I don't know, 75 minutes. Because on the housewives, this word bully, it gets so stretched thin. I don't know. It gets so overdone, overused, and then also over-examined and over-analyzed. And, you know, back in 2008, I don't know, back when Glee premiered, the word bully, I get that it was just coming into the forefront of the social uh, conversation. So that word bully, it was like all over the place and it was inappropriate. These kids are being bullied and we got to stop bullying. And it was a big push. And I get that. And that was a good thing. Because no, we don't want anyone being bullied or anyone being bullies. Okay? Fuck the bullies. We can all agree with that, right? <laughs> Ladies, am I right? We can all agree with fuck the bullies. But that word now, it's like people are afraid to use that word. And then also, I just feel like they overanalyze it on these shows. And so we end up spending 25 minutes talking about the word bully. And it's like the housewives are getting, they're acting like they're so offended by the word, but I don't think they're actually that offended by the word. Do you get what I mean? It's just a disconnect to me. So again, we don't like bullies. We don't support them. Fuck the bullies. But I just think that the housewives, it's all performative in terms of like using that word. They're upset about that word. And I don't think they're really upset about that word. I think it's just like, oh, I'm supposed to be upset about the word bully. And then on the flip side of the coin, I think people like Dorit use the word bully as like a drop in a bomb. You know what I mean? And it's like, I don't even think that's what Dorit meant. And she said, that's not what I meant. She said, uh, Dorit says, an element of the word bully is incessant. And she looked up that word before they started here. And Dorit, I just need you to cool it. <laughs> I need them all to cool it with this word. I'm talking about across every franchise, you guys, every housewife franchise, this word bully, we need to, I don't know, maybe retire it in general because it's just, it's enough is enough. Enough is enough. 
Uh, but as this is going on, it's very clear to me that Andy is Team Garcelle, and we appreciate that. I like that because I'm Team Garcelle myself. And I don't like the way that Dorit is speaking to Garcelle, and I don't like the way that Rinna hops in and chimes in, although they ended up making up. I thought, Rinna, what are you doing here? And I don't know who's advising Rinna this season or last season. Because, again, I always liked Rinna on the show. I thought she was very definitely messy and inappropriate at times, but in a fun-to-watch way. And these past couple seasons, I haven't been finding it very fun to watch her. And I don't really feel like anyone has. And it just seems like she... I, I, I don't know. I don't get it. And I don't think that there's a lot of time left with Rena because it looks like she's going to be back next season. We know the cast is going to be the same for next season, but the shtick of Rena, which I've always loved again, have loved her on the show. It's just feeling like uncomfortable to watch or something, or I don't know. I don't even know exactly if I can explain how I'm feeling about it. Does that, I'm not making any sense. You guys kind of know what I'm saying though, right? Like, isn't there something off about it lately? And by lately, I mean like the last, like the Denise stuff, I think we can all agree that was like miscalculated. And Rena herself has said that was miscalculated, whatever. But then this season with all that Garcelle stuff, it just feels weird to me too. And I don't, I don't get it. Garcelle did say a really funny sentence though that I want to just repeat. So Garcelle said, when we were at your lip kit launch and Dorit and I had an incident, I thought Rena would say something, anything. And I just have to point out that that was a ridiculous sentence. Like, <laughs> Like, you guys, when she said that, when we were at your lip kit launch and Dorit and I had an incident, like, it's just, I i can't even imagine saying that word in real life. And Garcelle, she delivered it with all earnest sincerity, in all sincerity, in the words of Ramona Singer. I keep quoting Ramona this this episode. Oh, you guys, did you see the Housewives All-Star trailer? It's coming. I have some thoughts about it. The All-Stars Housewives is going to be on Peacock. It's like a vacation with... Kyle, Ramona, uh, Cynthia, Kenya, Teresa, Melissa, and Ramona and Luann. And the trailer for it, I think the trailer looked really great. However, I do know, if there's one thing I know, it's how to analyze these shows. And so that's going to be season one. Season two was filmed at Dorinda's house. So if you follow any of the blogs, it was filmed with Dorinda, Vicky, Tamara, Taylor Armstrong, Brandy Glanville, uh, Phaedra Parks, Eva from Atlanta, and then who else am I missing? The most unhinged fucking cast I've ever heard of. Oh, Jill Zarin's on that. So that leads me to believe, okay, just doing process of elimination, using my math skills, using all of my detective skills that I've learned from both Angela Lansbury and Megan King Edmonds, who was just married to a Biden. Uh, that's a tale for another time. But using all of that I've learned in my mystery detective skills and my math, that leads me to believe that this first season, the one with Kyle and Teresa and Luann and Ramona, that one to me might be a flop, okay? And I'm hopeful, and I think the trailer looked good. Forgive me. If I'm wrong, I'll say I'll own it. I'll own it, baby. But they would have never hired such an unhinged cast for season two unless season one was super boring. Because then season two, it would have been a, a mix of some more normal, not to say they're not normal, maybe that's not the right adjective, but... Season two is just so unhinged. I've never seen a more unhinged group of uh, individuals coming together for vacation than I have for the cast list of Real Houses All-Stars season two or whatever they're going to call it. So there's, by process of elimination, that means that executives saw that first season, they were like, oh, we got to step it up, so let's let's get the crazies on the line. 
Let's get the nutballs on. Who I'm so excited. By the way, I can't wait for that season. Um, honestly, give me that now. Inject in my veins. So I will watch and love season one. But season two, you guys, that is going to be a big hot mess. And I can't wait. You guys, when I saw that chaos list and they're staying at Dorinda's. I have the no, chill. No. I mean, come on, process of elimination. That's going to be a big mess. And it's going to be beautiful TV, beautiful, unhinged television entertainment. But that would have never happened. Never. If Housewives season one, All-Stars wasn't a little bit boring. I'm sorry. Somebody's got to say it. And I said it. I said it. You guys, shall we take a quick break here and come back with more? Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everything iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everything iconic. And we're back. We got to talk about this big accusation. Now, apparently, Rena said, we don't know that this is true, but Garcelle says she heard somebody text her. She didn't say who, that Rena said that Garcelle shouldn't bring race into the show. Now, Rena's like, who told you that? And there's no answers. And it seemed to me a very strange thing to bring up because not only is it a pretty big accusation that I'm not saying is true or false, I'm just saying it came into the show, into this reunion. And then it just sort of ended, and I wanted answers. I wanted Andy to say, who told you that, Garcelle? And I don't know that he ever said that. And maybe he did ask that, and they cut that or something. But it's like, I want to know who told Garcelle that. Because 
there had to be, and where are the receipts? You know, at house service, they're supposed to bring receipts. So I need to see the text messages. I need to know more about this. And ultimately that ended up making up, but I wanted to know. Garcelle said, why, why is this rattling you? And then they talk about how the Denise situation, because Garcelle was on Watch What Happens Live and said, Denise would like to come back, but without Rinna. And there was this whole thing. And then Rinna reached out to Garcelle and said that she threatened her job and she wants an apology for insinuating that. Because I don't know what to believe. And then Rinna starts to go in and say, like, Garcelle looks unhappy. And then Rinna says that Harry's been watching this season and says, Garcelle looks so unhappy. And I didn't, I don't, I didn't feel that way. I didn't think Garcelle seemed unhappy. I thought Garcelle was having a good time. If anything, I actually felt like Garcelle was just engaging in the Housewives. Whereas last season, as we all saw in her first season, which a first season Housewife, they always are kind of like skating around the drama a little bit, right? Like they don't fully get in the mix their first season. And we give them the grace because it's their first season. They gotta, they gotta get used to the terrain. So this season, I feel like Garcelle really activated within the world of Housewives. And that's what we all wanted. And she did a great job. And she didn't look unhappy. She just looked like she was doing what all the other women are doing on this show. <laughs> She's shady in her confessional. And yes, there were times that we all had said we wish Garcelle would say that. And the scene like she did in the confessional. But all of the housewives do that. And so all of a sudden they're mad at Garcelle. And it's like, why are you fucking mad at her? Y'all do the same thing. Do you get what I mean? You guys get what I mean. And then also, to br- it was like clear that Rinna, when, <laughs> when she said that thing about Harry, like, oh, Harry has been watching and says you're unhappy. I don't, I think that was a big bag of bullshit. Like, I don't believe that at all. I think that was like Rinna just wanted to throw that out there, which is fine. You know, that that's part of this too. That's part of this gig. But I just don't imagine Harry's at home, like analyzing Garcelle's performance. Like he's a podcaster. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just don't see that. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, I don't think he's watching, making sauce and watching Housewives looking at like Garcelle's performance in this program. I just don't believe it. But ultimately, Rinna goes over to Garcelle's couch. They hug it out. That's when Kathy comes out. She's got her notes. And of course, we see this montage of Kathy throughout the years when she's popped in. So we see her talking about Kim's daughter's dates boutonniere. We see that moment, which I love that moment when she asked Adrian if she does magic. That was good. That was a good moment. And I had forgotten that that happened, but I'm so glad that I played it because Adrian Maloof, the Maloof, you know, she said something about magic and Kathy's like, do you do magic now? And I just love it. And I'm happy that Kathy's in this program. I feel really lucky that we got her. And then they talk about Kyle's new nose and she said they, she really broke it on Halloween. But she says, yeah, of course she broke it and wanted to get it fixed and get a prettier, cuter nose, she said. And her nose is great before, but I always think like, yeah, go for it. Who cares? Get the nose job if you want and, and good for you. I'm happy that she's open and honest about it, but also who cares? You know how I feel about the plastic surgery stuff in these shows. I always feel like, why are we still talking about it? I mean, uh, and maybe that makes me a hypocrite because I'm sure on this program at a time or two, I've mentioned, I said last week, Erica looks very different than she did in the season in the reunion. And so, I, I, yeah, maybe that makes me a hypocrite sometimes I, I bring it up. But ultimately, I don't like the plastic surgery conversation. And I hated when we used to do that. And I think maybe they stopped doing it. But I used to hate when it was like at the top of every union being like, so what work did, did you get your boobies done? You know, it'd be like we'd go around the room and just be like, do you get your tits done? And I always hated that. I thought it was just strange. But but maybe that's on me. I don't know. Um, then we get that Halloween ad. Oh, I do have to tell you guys, I was watching with my boyfriend. He thought that Michael Myers, uh, he thought that was Kim Richards. <laughs> when they were showing Kyle being very scared, Matt was like thinking it was going to be Kim popping out. I loved it, though. I loved that whole thing. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Again, 
I know it makes me a riddle wrapped in Enigma and Cash because it doesn't make any sense. Why do I like the Halloween mid-commercial and I don't like the one with Rebel Wilson and Anne Hathaway on Maroney? I don't make any sense. Oftentimes I get that. I don't make any sense. And I didn't like that one, but I'm loving this Halloween one. So there you go. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I was loving it. So then we cut to Andy asking marriage questions. And he says to Erica Jane, he says, look, I asked you about your book that you released. And I thought it was weird that Tom didn't read it. And then he says, I thought it was weird when you were patting the puss on Broadway in Chicago. Tommy Tutones didn't visit you on stage or come see you on stage. And he says to her, you were so defensive about that. And they show the clips of her being defensive about that. And he's like, I thought that was fucking weird. And I thought we all thought that was fucking weird too, right? Like that was, that was a weird thing. Like she was on Broadway and then he couldn't even come. Then she says, look, everyone's going to stick up for their significant other. And then Andy asks, uh, well, she says, she says, Erica, uh, asked Tommy Two Tones if she's, he's with another woman. She said to him, just divorce me. If you want to be with the other woman, just divorce me. And then he didn't divorce her. He didn't even say anything. And then Andy ends the reunion by saying, well, were you faithful or not? And they just show a close up of her face and then they cut it because I was so mad at them. I, I know why they did it and they're keeping me on board, but I was mad at them. Oh, sometimes we get so mad at them, don't we? Don't we? Anyway, that was the end of this week. I thought, I want to say, Andy, I feel like the past few years, you guys, I feel like Andy has delivered some of the best reunion performances of all time. I mean, he's just been so good and we often don't give Andy his props for these reunions. Because it's almost a thankless job because he comes in there and we're all focused on the women. But I really believe, like, if I think back on some of the, a handful of the most recent reunions, whether it be like the Summer House reunion or this reunion, or I mean, I think he's just been doing so good, especially in the time of COVID. And he was so good during the, the, what are those other ones? Those Zoom ones, which were a rough deal. I can only imagine what a nightmare those were. So I just, you know, our, what does he do on his show? It's Mazel of the Week. We're going to give Andy the Mazel because he's been doing a great job. And often I feel like people are so mean and critical to Andy. And he's really doing a great job. And I feel like that's a thankless role. And so there we go. There we go. We love an Andy. Uh, okay, next week on the show, Rinna brings him some sauce. And it's, uh, here's Harry's sauce. And this feels a little bit like filler. And I hope we don't decide to put the sauce in the clubhouse. I'm just going to say that now. Then we get a little Erica versus Sutton. And then they talk about the Instagram of it all. And then they ask about like Kyle knowing how much what she knew about the situation with Tom and Erica. And then Kyle says, well, Andy, we both knew at the same time, which I think they're revealing the Bethany Frankel of it all, right? Like, I think that's what they were talking about. Because you remember in the press, Bethany Frankel, and by press, I mean her podcast. She went on her podcast and said like, oh, I told Kyle and uh, and Andy all about Erica Jane or everybody knew about it. And so in the reunion trailer for next week, when they say, oh, well, Andy and I knew it at the same time, you guys, I got the chills. I have the no. chills. I got the fucking chills because I know that's bringing Bethany into it now. So, you know, we're really just going, <sighs> we're bringing everyone in here. Bringing everyone in here. All right, you guys, it's Vanderpump Rules time. <laughs> I just want to play that sound effect. But you guys, I actually really enjoyed this week's episode. And I'm going to, uh, last week I felt like I was mean and hard on the show. And so I'm going to be nicer this week. That's my goal for this little mini recap of Vanderpump Rules. So I'm not going to try to drag it too much because I felt like I dragged it last week. And this week I honestly thought there was some really good stuff here. Although I do have some complaints and we'll get to those. First of all, the pickleball of it all. 
The pickleball of it all, I feel like, I can't even talk about pickleball anymore. I've talked about ad nauseum. It's like the escape room. It's the axe throwing. It's the goat yoga of this world now that we're living in. And it just feels like pickleball is taking over every one of these housewives or every one of these Bravo shows. And I'm not happy about it. I also don't appreciate how long they spent on the pickleball. I mean, it felt like a lifetime, didn't it? It felt like we were on this pickleball for a lifetime, that we were just watching it. They were in Palm Springs, and I'm like, this whole tournament, they had the graphics going, and I I was just like, it was too much. I thought they should have. And here's my big my big issue, because the show I thought was really good this week, and especially the Brock Erica Sheena of it all, and her mom, uh, her mom is the Erica. That whole thing is so incredibly fascinating. I mean, the tension in that scene between Brock and the mom, you could cut it with a knife. It was so good. And they even showed that in a flashback. And it was like, it happened so quickly that I think, it was my opinion, what do I know about production? Okay, those brilliant people over there, they know what they're doing, right? So, but these are just, I got to come on here on the microphone and give you my notes. These are my notes. I think that that stuff was so fucking compelling. The Brock, the Sheena, his ex with the kids, the mom of it all was so fascinating. And it's like, why didn't we focus on that instead of doing 20 minutes with the pickleball tournament that no one gave a shit about? And then that scene with Erica Von Olfen, is that how you say Sheena's mom's name? Uh, Anne Brock was incredible. To me, that was like Shakespearean Tennessee Williams. Like that was all of it wrapped into one because the mom is watching the kid and the mom gets paid to watch the kid. Sheena's kid, Summer Moon. Gorgeous name, gorgeous baby, but the mom's helping out with them, which is great. But then Brock is like also not really helping out with the mom. It was the mom's birthday, and then Brock's not allowing her to have the time off. She's like, he's like, well, we're paying her, whatever. And so much tension. We know in laws is always a compelling relationship, compelling dynamic. But this to me, that should have been the whole episode. And not only that, the whole thing with Brock and the kids, he had these kids when he was 20. And then hasn't spoken to them in four years, not even on FaceTime. So we're learning all about this in real time as he's sharing it with Randall and Lala. And we even saw Lala and Randall's faces. Pure shock when they were hearing all of this. And I truly believe that we should have played that up and we should have done the close-ups and the reaction shots the way they do on The Real House of Beverly Hills, which I believe they're the same production company. You know, if we're learning something about Erica Jane, what they do there is they cut to everyone's reaction shot, they play up the dramatic music, they give us a real moment. And I felt like the Brock, Sheena, Erica Van Olfen or whatever, I feel like that all deserved that type of treatment. I thought it should have been played up. The dramatics of it should have been played up because this is the buzz that we've been looking for. I've been saying on the show for weeks now, this show has no buzz. Nobody's talking about it. We need to get some buzz going. And this is where the buzz is. It's all on Brock. It's on Erica Von Olfen. It's on Sheena. That's where it is. So we need to focus on this dynamic. And I beg the producers, whoever's editing these episodes, let's uh, put the spotlight on these three or whatever. And let's really get, because when I saw Lala and Randall give those looks, I was like, why aren't they doing close-ups on each of them? Why aren't we having the big dramatic music with the bum-bums? And why aren't we getting that kind of stuff in the background? Because that's so fascinating to me. And then the thing that really killed me was when it was revealed, you guys, this is shocking to me. This should have been a whole 45 minutes of this episode. Instead of the 20 minutes they did pickleball, the whole episode could have been this big reveal Leading up to this big reveal that Brock had the kids. One of the kids is named Winter. And it was the, she was born on the same day as Sheena and Brock's new child. And they named him her Summer. You guys, they named her Summer. I have the no, kill. No. Summer and Winter, you guys. Come on. That is television gold. It's, it's uh, so intense. It's Shakespearean. Okay. 
And I do believe Sheena had said she always wanted the name Summer. And then those shady Bravo editors, they flash back to that time where Sheena was like, oh, I'm going to name it Madison Marie Parks Valletta. I do believe that this is a little inside tip, you guys. Sheena had reached out to me because I was on the OC podcast and Rachel Bilson was on this show, Everything Iconic, who was, uh, who played Summer on the OC. And Sheena had reached out to me around that time that happened. She's like, oh my God, I'm obsessed with Summer. Rachel Bilson, she said, she always loved her and everything. So I do actually believe Sheena when she said that, oh, there was always this tie to Summer from the OC. I believe Sheena when she said that. However, it is still pretty crazy that Brock's got one daughter named Winter and now one named Summer. They were born on the same days. And that's going to fuck with your head as a kid. I mean, that stuff, you guys, the chills. I got the fucking chills. I couldn't even believe it. And then it was like, we just breezed past it to get to the pickleball or whatever, whatever we were doing next. And I'm like, you guys, this is craziness. This should be, we should all be talking about this for weeks on end. Because, and honestly, Brock is a main cast member this season. And I was talking to my friend Janet and we were saying, how often is it where somebody uh, comes in a significant other of one of these people and they're in the main credits? So Brock obviously has a lot of story to tell within this group and in with, within the larger narrative. And it's all very compelling television. And I think we thought we lost all the craziness when we lost Jax and, and uh, the other ones. And I think that Brock is bringing a lot to the show, but I'm not sure that everyone knows what to do with it. And so I'm just here politely requesting that these producers, editors, whoever's doing it, maybe we focus on this. And I want to see more of the mom. I want to see Sheena's mom. What's the story there? Everyone's got a story. What's Erica Von Olfen's story? Because there's some compelling stuff. And they just breezed on past it. Erica was shown in a flashback only. And the tension in that scene when they were talking to Lala and Randall and Brock was holding the baby with those fat-ass hands that he's got, those gorgeous fat hands, which I, uh, again, I'm on the edge of my seat watching him hold that baby, but also wanting him to crush my own head because that man is so gorgeous, you know, metaphorically, of course. But that man, I'm like, is simultaneously very attracted to him in this really weird way. And then you know, he's got those big thighs that you just want him to crush you. Excuse my language, but yeah. And then uh, he's just giving this whole monologue about what's going on with the kids. With the other, and he's 20 and it was hasn't talked to him. And they're all shocked. And we breezed right past it. But there was so much tension in that scene. You could feel it in the air. And I don't get it. I don't really understand it. What else happened in this episode? Oh, I do want to mention Charlie and the mannequin. Really loving Charlie and really loving the mannequin. Okay? Loving them both. I think they're both great additions to this program. And I just want to give Charlie some props because I love Charlie. Love her. More Charlie, too. Could use more of her. And then Raquel, little angel baby, bambi-eyed Raquel. That little bambi-eyed bitch who we love. I love me some Raquel. And this week I felt so, she was giving her, talking about her anxiety and everything going on. And I just felt so bad for Raquel. And I wanted her to just, I wanted to shout through the screen, like, you don't need to be like Lala. You're Raquel. You're queen and icon and a legend, Raquel, and you need to treat yourself as such, and you need to make sure everyone around you treats you that way, including James, who now is going to be your husband. And DJ James Kennedy, he was really nice to her in that moment when he sat down with her and he said to her, like, I don't want you to be like other people. I like who you are, and let me be the crazy one, he said. And that in that moment, I really felt like their connection. I thought, oh yeah, they balance each other out in a way. And so I like that uh, about them. But I need James to never treat her poorly again, because we've seen it one too many times on this show. And it was it will be unacceptable, James. I don't know that you're listening to this podcast. I'm sure you're not. But all of us Everything Iconic listeners, we will not be happy if you treat our dear Raquel poorly in any way in the future. Okay? Enough. Enough. But I was happy for them. They got engaged and... Uh, they all did that Richella, which I didn't really understand. Why didn't they have more people at the Richella? I felt like it was an engagement. I, I actually really thought LVP was going to pop in. 
you know, because she pops in when <laughs> at random all the time on the show. You know, every time I don't think we're going to get an LVP scene, all of a sudden there she makes someone go to their house, and then we got to have a ten minute LVP scene. You know, so I was expecting her to pop in and that Richella, but she didn't. But I thought there should have been some more people there. It was like a lot of hoopla, and I know it was engagement, beautiful event, but I just wish we could have gotten some extras in there, some friends or something. I know it's COVID, you guys, but it was also outside. I don't know. I thought that. What else was going on? Oh, did you see that moment, you guys? They're really leaning into Tom Schwartz being awful to his wife, Katie, you guys. And I, you know how I feel about Katie Maloney. I'm on Katie Maloney's side. And there's so many moments where Tom is mean to his wife. And I'm like, he said that she had the Karen haircut. Now, does she have a little bit of a Karen haircut? Uh, sure. Okay. Who, I mean, who among us during the pandemic, we all, we all had weird haircuts, right? I still got, I, I was cutting my own hair in the pandemic. Okay. So we're not going to fault. We're going to give her some grace there. Uh, but the fact that he said that on television just said, yeah, you got a Karen haircut. You guys, <laughs> it was so fucking mean. And I feel like, he is just kind of mean to his wife a lot on the show, and we need him to step it up and be nice to Katie, his wife. If you love your wife, Tom, I know we all look at him like the adorable scamp that he is. Okay, he gets away with murder, that young man. And everyone places the blame on Katie Maloney for everything that goes on with that man. And now she's butting into the the business with Tom and the other Tom. And everyone blames Katie for everything, and then that guy gets away with everything. And I get it. He's an adorable-looking man. Okay, he's bamboozled us all. However, we need to look through those cute puppy dog eyes, and we need to realize that he's playing us, because he's gotten away with it for too long, and I like Tom Schwartz, okay? But he's gotten away with it for too long, and he called his wife a Karen on TV. And her face, it was a really funny moment. I did laugh a lot. But, you know, I just want to say justice for Katie Maloney, because everyone online, you know, I look at the comments, people write me, and they all yell at Katie about everything. And I'm thinking, why doesn't anyone ever get mad at the husband? Let's talk about the husband, in the words of Kim Richards, because he's the one that puts it all on her. So I'd just like to be some balance, you know, some justice in this world. That's all I'm looking for. All I'm looking for. So then, uh, yeah, we have that big engagement. It's a cute moment. I think we're getting out of Palm Springs next week. We're going to be back in, in West Hollywood. I still think the show needs some buzz. But I thought we had some really good, compelling stuff in this episode. And again, even that Tom Schwartz, Katie Maloney stuff, I want to dive into that relationship. Because I think there's some really juicy stuff and some good tension there. Obviously, we're seeing it play out with Tom Sandoval. And the bar, which is now confirmed, it's going to be called Schwartz and Sandy's which I saw some people online saying it should be called Tom Foolery. And to me, that is like a great name. I think Tom Foolery, that would have been a great bar name, in my opinion. But they're going with Schwartz and Sandy. They also got a new whiskey coming out. I'm going to try it. I'm excited to try it, you guys. The ad campaign, I don't know if you follow the Toms online, but the ad campaign, those photos, I was like, I love those photos. It was like a 70s vibe. Uh, I really loved it. So I wanna, I'm going to try the whiskey. I'm not a big whiskey drinker, but I'm, I'm going to try it. We might have to do some... Some taste testing, some research here for everything iconic. Maybe one of the Toms. You know, I've been trying to get one of the Toms to send me a Moomoo, Tom Schwartz. I know I just talked poorly about him for about 10 minutes, but I would like him to send me a Moomoo, <laughs> despite, despite the fact that I think on this show he's been an awful husband to his wife. I wouldn't mind a free Moomoo because, you know, as much as I hate the way those look, they look cozy. They look comfy. Uh, and so, you know, I'm not, I'm not necessarily interested in purchasing one, but I would like to wear one or at least try it. So, you know, that's my truth. And I know it's not appropriate, uh, but it's my truth. So, you guys, one of the things uh, I mentioned on this show is Erica Von Olfen, the mom of Sheena. And one of my favorite things about Vanderpump Rules is when they bring the moms on. You know how much I love my dear Terry Maloney, Katie's mom. 
I need the moms to pop in. I do. I know we lost some of the moms. Of course, we're not going to have the Dana and, and Kristen's mom and all those moms popping in. Although, maybe, I mean, is it wrong that I still would like that? You know, I know we got rid of Stasi and Kristen. I don't want, I'm not saying we bring them back. I'm just saying, like, maybe we have an appearance from Dana. You know, that might be a good compromise because I like when the moms pop in. I think they're a fun little, a fun little thing. And so my hope is that we get a scene with at least the moms who are still on the show of the, of the kids who are still on the show. So I'm going to need Erica Von Olfen to appear more alongside Terry Maloney. I'm not sure if those two know each other, but I'd like them to. And I'd like the moms to pop in because while I don't love seeing the new moms on these shows, you know, I don't love seeing uh, the, the women on these shows having babies. I do love when the older moms show up because I love an older mom. Not that they're old, but you know, an older mom. Uh, and so I, I hope they pop in, you guys. I really do. I really do. Anything else for the show we got to talk about? Oh, they had those fireworks. That was pretty. I think they were playing into the Tom Sandoval when he was saying he was buying all that stuff. I don't think he actually paid for it. I would imagine production did, right? Am I crazy for thinking that? Maybe I'm wrong. But I think they were trying to make it seem like he paid the check. But I think they must have reimbursed him, right? It's like they he probably had to submit his receipts to Bravo or Evolution, and then uh, it gets reimbursed. I don't know. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y, dot com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Anything else we got to talk about? That's the show, you guys. Real Everything iconic I want to mention. I have an interview with... I shouldn't... Should I, should I say it? Should I surprise you guys? I'll say it. We have Meredith Marks from The Real House of Salt Lake City coming up on the show on Sunday on Everything Iconic, so please tune in. And again, I want to encourage you all to listen to my interview with Kyle Richards, The Splits. And uh, Lisa Ling is also in that episode. And you guys know I love The View. And honestly, the Lisa Ling interview is one of my favorites. I love her so much. She's so intelligent, so brilliant, and she's got a great documentary series. So I hope you guys also listen to that. I think both interviews that last week were really good, and we got some good ones coming up. 
Meredith Marks Sunday, you guys. I ask about all the tipping off of the feds. I, I ask it all. So tune in. Uh, find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. We'll be back Sunday night also with recaps of Salt Lake City and Potomac. Oh, Nicki Minaj doing a Potomac reunion. We'll talk all about that, too. Uh, if you want to support this podcast, go to the Patreon page. Also, pre-order my book, How Do I Unremember This? Available at your a local bookstore, as well as Barnes Noble, Amazon. And I put a link in the episode description if you want to pre-order it. Pre-orders are super important, so I thank you all who have done it. Ebook and audiobook information coming very soon. Uh, so I will share that when I have it. And uh, yeah, that's all. We We should do our cheesy little cool down now and... And take a deep breath in and hold it. Breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in, hold it. Breathe out. Now, I just want to encourage everyone, uh, think about something that you're grateful for today. We're moving into holiday season. we got Thanksgiving coming up. So just take a moment today, before Thanksgiving, to think about some, think about something you're grateful for. Uh, I love you all so much for listening. Stay safe and talk soon. Bye-bye.